cannot allow this anointing that is in our house pass by without us doing something. So I'm going to ask that, uh, I know you've gotten your tablets out and your, your Bibles and everything, but um, go ahead and put that aside, and can you stand with me? <clears throat> We've been talking about breaking through into new levels in five areas, different areas that the Holy Spirit has uh, told us this was going to take place. Talking about our faith, our relationship with God, our family, uh, family relationships, our friends, uh, finances, our freedom, and just having fun. By the way, tonight, we're going to have fun together. Uh, I'm going to come in shorts and, uh, and, you know, just a relaxed shirt and, and uh, sandals, possibly, so you can see my golf feet. You know, they're white, and uh, legs are tan, but my feet are white. But uh, we're going to have the all-beef hot dogs, and we're just going to just have a lot of fun and just talking. There's no agenda tonight, no agenda. And too many churches are too programmed, that everything is programmed, and we're like robots when we come together. Let's just hang out together tonight. And yeah, it's going to be a little bit hot, uh, but you know, you, you might have sweat on your forehead, that's what Kleenex are for, and, and uh, we'll just pretend it's anointing oil because you're anointed. But God is doing something here at Valley, and I've sensed it a long time ago. There's been great healing that has manifested through trials and tribulations that have happened at the church and through the years and decades. The church has great history uh, the church has history that um, at times you want to forget. But we are moving into a realm that the church has never experienced before. Today, as Pastor Dan was explaining what Pastor Ryan and the team brought us into, uh, is part of that. And it's a reality that we're going to experience as individuals but God is bringing us into these five different areas and two areas that you choose. You remember that. Two areas that you need breakthrough in. And today is a very special day that the Holy Spirit has planned for us to just absolutely move to another level in our spiritual experience in the reality of, of what he is doing in our life, that is going to touch every other area of our life. But it happens in the home first, and it happens here. And it is, uh, comes to fruition as a gathering of believers in the church. That's why it's so important for those that are still at home, welcome for those in other countries, welcome as you watch what we teach and, and what happens here. But I want you to recognize here is spiritual breakthrough and revelation that you can't get anywhere else. You cannot get anywhere else. There is an importance of us gathering together. So the choice that we need to make today is this that whatever is taught in the next three weeks, 
The Holy Spirit, and let me just say this to you, not trying to sound real spiritual here, but last night before I went to bed, I got that scripture that Pastor read, Pastor Ryan read. Pastor Dan got it this morning, and Pastor Ryan gave it to you this morning. And we didn't talk about it. So he's doing that with leaders, and which, in a sense, then it expands into every person in the body of Christ and those that are listening. You must recognize this is a day that you choose to hear the unique words that come straight from the throne room of God. You are listening to me, my personality, my joking, my seriousness, my excitement, but this is God speaking to us in the next three weeks. I believe with all my heart, according to the word of God, and you're going to hear some of that in about three or four months, but that the Holy Spirit is trying to reveal to us it's how we relate to God and how we relate to one another is where breakthrough comes. It's not that you have this great faith. Faith is a part of it. We're going to talk about that. We're going to have breakthrough in our faith and our belief system. But it's in relationship. It's relationship that has brought us into depression, if you are in depression. It's relationship that has brought you into bitterness and anger, that rottens the bone, the Bible says. It's relationship and wrong relationship or right relationship that has brought you to huge results in your life. You will find that there are many people that maybe don't have this financial, they walk around as millionaires, they might even be close to being poor, but they are the most spiritual people in the whole wide world and do great things for the kingdom and they will get greater results of, and I'm gonna use it, the term, trophies in heaven because of their faith and their belief and their walk and their faithfulness with God. But it all came because relationships and they began to understand first a relationship with God and then with each other. Now, I'm not trying to preach a sermon, but I just want to tell you the depth of where the Holy Spirit has taken me in this reality of the kingdom of relationships. The next three weeks, you need to choose not to be offended with what I bring to you. You need to choose to, it would be like you won the lottery and they called you and said, you need to get here within an hour to receive your money. Most of you would get there in five minutes, okay? That's the urgency of the reception of every word that comes out of my, my mouth. Now, if I mess up, which I do with my words and how I talk and inflection, all the different things, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to you through me. And so when I, I am going to be very particular, especially today, in a unique way in just setting you up to have total healing. Depression is no longer going to be a part of your life after three weeks. Could be after today. Amen. This nervousness, this insecurity, this, this uh, desire to run from the things of the Lord, this hurt, uh, 
this pain that you've walked with all your life and you've just really just been brainwashed by the enemy and by your hurt that this is just what you're supposed to experience. And God said, no, I have something so powerful and unique for you. Amen. So let's go ahead. I know COVID stuff and and I want to join hands. We're not going to do that. But a matter of fact, you know, I just feel that just go ahead and join your own hands together, just in unity, that you will receive what is going to be said. Father, I thank you for the directives that you have already prepared, leadership in the church, to move into this realm because we are leaders and we have to understand this so that we can love others into this. In Jesus' name, for the whole congregation, Lord, I pray for those that are listening, those that will listen in other nations, in Jesus' name, you make a choice right now to receive from the throne room of God. God is speaking to you. Wherever you are at in your emotions, in your thoughts, in your experiences, God is speaking to you personally. So receive it in Jesus' name. Just go ahead and say, Father, I receive it now. You're sitting in your living room. Father, I receive it now. Go ahead and say that. For those that are in that convention that will watch this, Father, we receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord for VFAM, for this family, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, again, we are talking about how to reach new levels in the kingdom of God, and we have the five areas that are in front of you, and if you're sitting here in the congregation, these are breakthroughs. This is a promise of God. There's a story we covered uh, when we talked about relationship with the Father and with God himself, and we covered that, how that the Bible said that the presence of the Lord, the anointing of the Lord was there to bring healing, but many didn't receive it because they didn't make a choice to receive it. They came in with their hurt, and they left with their hurt because they chose to. And so today, you leave today with a breakthrough. So if you're here and you're married, don't listen to what I will say today for your spouse. You are the one that needs help and must grow to new levels in that area of your marriage. So listen for yourself. Second, if you're here and you're not married, if you're single, widowed, divorced, please don't hear any condemnation. Also, don't feel like what is said doesn't apply to you. I promise you, all of you, the Holy Spirit will apply it to you to your situation, to your life. Now, please read the handout I gave you. 
<clears throat> and that I wrote about dating. And uh, especially the young people, I would love for you to hear this. And it's not a full doctrinal statement on dating, but I believe it is the heart of God, and it will give you a real insight of that. And I saw some of you picking up and looking at it. Don't read it now. Listen <laughs> to what I'm about to say. But when you signed as a married person, when you signed that piece of paper and or as a business person, you signed a contract, we learned in this series, you protect your rights and limit your responsibilities. That's the whole reason you signed that piece of paper called a contract. Whether it's to buy a new home, whether it's to get a new job, whether it's to sell something. Contracts are to protect your rights and limit your responsibilities. Next week, I'm going to show you in a greater way how a marriage is a covenant, not a contract. But in a covenant, watch this, the difference in a contract and a covenant. In a covenant, you give up your rights, and then you pick up your responsibilities. A covenant is an exact opposite of a contract. Where am I going with this, Pastor? Let's follow me. Where is the Lord taking us? There is a <clears throat> contract spirit in marriages today that is causing divorce. A contract spirit, and it should be a covenant spirit. But because we don't understand covenant, we are taught and have revelation of what a contract is, and so we even live in our relationships with a contract spirit. If you enter your marriage with a contract spirit, you will have problems in your marriage and in many instances, 51% in the church, 51% will end up in a divorce. We must stop limiting our responsibilities and protecting our rights in our relationships. The only way you succeed in marriage is give up your rights and pick up your responsibilities because it's covenant. The reason why I know that it works a covenant marriage is because that's the only way a Christian lifestyle works. Because we have a covenant relationship with God the Father. Now let me go on. Now this is from the throne room of God. The reason why we have a lot of unhappy Christians today is because they entered into a relationship with God with a contract mentality. You cannot say to God, I won't do this or that. You cannot say to God, that's not who I am. God created you. He knows better who you are than you do. The only way you can enter correctly is a co covenant relationship with God. 
give up your rights and pick up your responsibility as a believer. Okay? Now, the reason why I can say it, this, the way I said it, is because that's how Jesus entered into the relationship. Jesus came to this earth You'll see it in Scripture. We'll touch on it in a few months. Jesus came to this earth and gave up his rights and assumed all of our responsibility for our sin. A contract or covenant not only sets up the parameters of your marriage, but it sets up the spirit of your marriage. It sets up how you relate with God, how you relate with your spouse, and how you relate with one another. So the question is, which one of these spirits you want in your marriage? So let's talk about that. The heart of a covenant, or the spirit of a covenant, is I'm going to give up all my rights to meet your needs. I come into this marriage with all my gifting and all I have to help you become everything God called you to be. Even to the point of death on my part. Jesus did that. Also, I will assume great responsibility for the success of our marriage relationship. Remember Adam and Eve? We'll touch on that today. Remember Adam and Eve? What did they say? Oh, the woman you gave me caused me to do this. Right? And Eve said, the devil did it. Well, let's look at that spirit or the covenant spirit, or I'm sorry, the co contract spirit. I'll marry you, but don't demand too much of me. Don't ask me to give up things I like. By the way, if you don't toe the line, sweetheart, I'm out of here. That's the spirit of the contract you signed at the town hall. But when you come in here and I perform a wedding ceremony, it is a covenant ceremony. And there's something that happens in reality of the kingdom that will create an atmosphere for your home, for your relationships to explode in success. So today, let's now talk about the three rights I must lay down to enter into marriage, relationship. Next week, we're going to talk about the three responsibilities we are to pick up in our marriage that we are to take responsibility for. But let's read in Genesis chapter 2, and let's learn in Genesis chapter 2, especially in verse 24 and 25, but let's begin in verse 21, and we'll learn the three areas that we need to work with today. Verse 21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, 
and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Verse 23. And Adam said, now this is, this is now bone of my bones. In other words, this is me. We are one now. And flesh of my flesh. And she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now, again, we're going to get our points out of verse 24 and 25. So let's read it. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now notice, marriage was in the world before sin was in the world. I, wanna, I, I don't want you to lose sight of that. Marriage was in the world before sin was in the world. God did not form Eve the way he created Adam. He did not form Eve out of the dust of the ground, but took Eve out of Adam's side. Covenant means to cut. God cut Adam and took Eve out of his side because God wanted marriage to be a covenant. Now, let me let you understand how covenant is still for today. 4,000 years later than this story of Adam and Eve, the Father God cut his son, Jesus, and took his bride out of the side also, the church. He says, verse 24, therefore... Therefore means, let me give you the conclusion of the actions of verse 21 through verse 23. Notice verse 24 and 25 are for us, not for Adam and Eve. Adam probably said, after that was stated, what's a father? Here are the rights I have to give up. The first is the right of priority, saying, I give you, Terry, the right to be the first priority in my life. I'm going to rock your religious world today. Also, to protect that place in any area you perceive as competition. Let's read verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. When you get married, you leave the most important relationship in your lives of that time, and that's your parents. You take your marriage, and you make that the most important relationship. Let me say it again. When you get married, you make a choice. You have chosen and promised in covenant that your spouse will be number one, numero uno in your life. 
You didn't know I spoke Spanish, did you? Thanks, thanks. I've been practicing those two words. In the spiritual, I understand God's number one. Because most of your religious thinking is, God's number one. I'm going to do what God says. In the natural, if you're married, your spouse is number one. To love, to honor, and to serve them. Every job, every sport, every desire, every child comes behind your spouse, and they are the most important. Now, I'm going to make it personal. I'm going to talk as a husband towards my wife, Terry. Now, we're all smart enough. If you are a wife, we're talking about your husband. And if you are not married, you need to understand is that if you do get married, this is for you, but the process and the depth of relationship, you can allow this to match what you are doing. God is first, and then in your relationships, in relating to others, your friends aren't friends because of what they could do for you. Your friends are friends because you have been given them by God to be able to help them become everything God's called them to be. And in a lot of times, we look for friends that will help us, but most times, those friends get tired of that. And they don't want to be friends because you're always sucking them dry. That came from the throne room of Gary, not the throne room of God. Anyways. See, the old saying is, God first, family, and then business. God says, for me... Number one in my life is Terry. Because if Terry is number one, God says, I'll be number one. You got to hear it. Don't, 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 don't shut this out. Because it's been a brainwashing of the body of Christ. And that's why the body of Christ gets more divorce than the world does. If I serve Terry, that's how I make God number one. You can say all day long, God is number one, but how are you treating your spouse? You can say, oh, God, I love God, I worship God. How are you treating your spouse? How you are treating your spouse is how you are serving God. That's what Scripture is saying there. If it's not love, honor, and respect, then God is not first in your life. Terry, my spouse, takes the highest priority in my life. If not, marriage will not work or you will have a troubled marriage. Your spouse is made in the image of God and you serve a jealous God. When you are serving your spouse, you are serving God. saying, I give you the right to be the first place in my life and to protect that place of anything or anyone that you perceive as competition. I love sports. I love golf. I love working out. But Terry is first. 
but I want you to understand the spirit of covenant because Terry knows she is first in my life. She pushes me to do those things I like. You know, it's so funny. You see people, especially in, in East L.A. and L.A. and all that, you know, you got cars parked in the front lawn. And all these guys that got a beer in their hand, they're leaning against their car and say, yeah, I run my home. I'm the man of my home. No, you're not. Your wife kicked you out of the house and told you to go outside. <laughs> and all your neighbors did the same thing. So you're hanging around trying to make each other feel good about it. The problem is you haven't loved, honored your spouse. And so you're going to prove to yourself that you're the man. Really? No, let me just tell you, you've proved to yourself, I'm being very strong here, that you're a wimp. And that you live your life in insecurity. Because you don't understand covenant, you live by contract, what your wife will do for you. And I want to tell you, Terry, and how wonderful she is, cannot meet my needs the way God can. Absolutely not. But that doesn't mean that I don't love her, honor her, and treat her as number one. And there are times through the, the years that I have found Holy Spirit saying, you have spent too much at the church. Spend more time with your wife. Because God is a jealous God. It wasn't because I wasn't ministering to people, doing good things, all that. He was saying, listen, you're not spending time with me enough. Why I see that is because you're not taking care of her. She didn't complain. But the Holy Spirit, because God's a jealous God, complained to me. See, that's the difference between contract and covenant. When it's covenant, the Holy Spirit will tell you. He'll show you things. So, and because Terry knows she's first, she pushes me to do those things. Let me even sound Southern. We ministered in the South, and Terry's Southern. You make your spouse first, you can do all the sporting stuff you want to do. It's heaven on earth when your spouse is first. It is hell on earth when your spouse is not. Here's the second right. You still with me? Not offended, right? This is the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Here's the second right. The second right is possession. I give Terry, or you say, I give you the right to co-own everything in my life. I understand blended families when there's children involved and inheritance and all the different. Don't go to extreme on me, but just understand the spirit of covenant. I give you the right to co-own everything in my life and or co-administrate everything in my life. Verse 24, they shall become one flesh. When you get married, you substitute the word mine to the word ours. Our house, our money, our car, our retirement, our kids. If you're in a blended family, it's not my kids, it's our kids. Why? Because in covenant, you become one. 
It is the spirit of that. So don't, don't go to extreme. It's the spirit of covenant that if my wife and I had a blended family, they're ours, not mine or hers. 1 Corinthians 7, 4. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his body, but the wife does. I signed over when I married Terry my body to Terry. But I own Terry's body. Okay, I know what some of you are thinking, especially the men right now. But she can have my body anytime she wants. Amen? But she also can say, listen, listen, I, I, I took you where you were thinking. Now I want to bring you into covenant thinking, okay? So here it is. She can say, get out of your chair and vacuum the floors. <laughs> Take out the trash. The trash has been sitting there for two weeks. She owns your body. Your wife owns your body. Let me tell you what that means. My height and the strength of my body is hers. When she says, can you help me? My answer is yes. Because she needs my body for that. It works both ways, ladies. But you know, because I'm a guy and the way the world teaches today, It doesn't go well when I preach to you ladies. But I want to tell you, it goes both ways. So let me make this statement. This is straight from the throne room of God. Selfish people cannot be married because they don't want anyone to tell them what to do or where to go. Selfish people can't even be successful Christians. I've watched talented, wonderful people, but because they're selfish, they jump around like a chicken with their head cut off, trying to make ends meet, trying to get happy, all kinds of things. And the reason why they're not happy is because they're using God as a tool instead of a God and a father. When you become born again, God owns you. When you get married, your spouse owns you. And I know, I know, I know, culture, whatever, there ain't no woman, there ain't no man that's ever going to tell me what to do. Well, I'm just telling you, go ahead and do that, and you're always going to have problems. I'm just being straight. I'm being the mouthpiece of a very strong message that God gave me. Here's a third right you give up. Privacy. I give Terry free and unhindered access to every part of my life. I can look at her now and ask her, Terry, have I done that? Every area of my life. I give her the right to complain or talk with me about every issue. Now I want to tell tell you, 
I'm not perfect. I still work on that sometimes. What? You tell me what? Verse 25. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Shame comes from hiding. You know what happens, and and I'm going to this time just kind of speak to leaders in other countries, pastors of those many churches that you're watching. It's a tendency of a leader is to shine brightly in front of your congregation, but to hide the things, hide your flaws. And you got to learn that how you break that is your relationship with God and you hide nothing from your spouse. When you do that, you will find a breakthrough that you won't have to hide anything from your congregation. Shame comes from hiding. Before sin, there was no shame. But immediately after, they began to hide. Immediately after sin, they began to hide. They covered their bodies. Every part of you is open. Passwords, financial accounts. There is a place in my home that she has every password, every report of financial accounts, everything that is needed for her to understand. If one day I'm gone, she could understand everything that we're doing. She allows me to work with the finances. And at times when I talk with my wife, she'll say, honey, I trust you. I know you, I, you trust me, but I need to show you this. And there are times I just have to write it down and say, if I'm gone, this is what you do. So she has a storyline of my life and everything that we own. She has a right to complain. And because of who I am, She's had to complain a lot. Okay. I'm an open book. But I want you to understand, insensitivity and insecurity is not of God. That's not just who you are. That's what sin created in your life. If the one who is insensitive is sharing and the one hearing is insecure, you're going to have a problem. you got to be secure. But uh, let me just say this, ladies, you can complain all you want, but if you fall apart when your husband complains, then that's not covenant, that's contract. You're protecting your rights. And you need to learn to take advice from your husband. I find today a lot of women do not Take advice very well, especially when it's talking about your home. And we have to, don't listen. Guys, don't listen for your spouse. Listen for yourself. But here's the reality. Past hurts and fears, abuses, are are vital to open up and find healing. Much, Much of your problems in life, in relationship, even if it's not marriage, is because you are living your life with your past hurts and your fears and when abuses took place 
And you have to be able to open up to the Lord first. See, that's where I get freedom of opening up myself to Terry because I've opened up to God in relationship with him when I became born again and allowed healing to manifest in my life so that when there's something that the Holy Spirit will use my wife to help me, then I am open to receive it. But we find in marriages, especially Christian marriages, we use the excuse, well, the Lord told me. And I want to tell you, the Lord will tell your spouse too when you open yourself up to them. Okay, let's go on. So the Bible says where two agree, God is there. Where two agree, God is there. Peace. Okay, I'm going to say it again. I, I use this all the time when I'm, I'm doing premarital counseling. God did not create marriage for happiness. For if he did, everybody that was married would have been happy. He created it for agreement. Because when you agree, then you can walk together as one. What is agreement? My wife is different than me. She likes different things than me. When I was first married with her, I thought, what in the world? You don't like steak? What is going on with you? You know, I'll just use an example there. There's a lot of other things. But the rest, she's different than I am. The unity is not, is that she likes steak and I do too. The unity is that we come in agreement with what God says about our lives. I understand who she is. I come in agreement. That's the calling in your life. That's why you do what you do. And I come in agreement with it even though it's different than me because I'm called different than you. And she loves, she knows what I'm called to be and she comes in agreement with me and how I proceed in my life and we come in agreement in that and we walk together in unity. Like I told you in Hawaii, I found out after 40 years, I really like her. She's very special. And that's, that's the point. And you ask our kids, you ask our close friends, we're not perfect. So don't ever look at Terry and I as being perfect. We're like you. We're still working on it. How many of you are working on your relationship with the Lord in your walk with God? Okay, it's the same thing. And that's the reality of, of marriage. So set your hearts to know to know who your spouse is called to be. I'm going to give you an example, but let me just, uh, and I'm going to say this a couple times in this series and a few months later on. But there, there's a, a lot of times that when we fall in love, and we got someone we're interested in, you know, we're not in love. We're just infatuated with who they are. You know, guys, you look at their legs, you know, girls, you look at how strong their arms are. All that, oh, oh, and then you dress up and you do all this different stuff. And, and you don't even know each other. 
So I do premarital counseling, and I tell the couples, I say, I want you to write down um, what is God saying the goals are for your marriage. And I want you to write down five points of who your, your fiancé is. And then I'll say, well, let's go start. Give me two, each of you. Uh, uh, um, I like her eyes. Really? Wow, that's deep. You know? I mean, the, the reality is you don't know them. And so I say, you know, sit down and find out and sit down and write down who each other are and get to know that so when you get married, you know what you're promising to do. I promise to do everything. Well, what is it? I don't know, but I promise to do anything. I just don't want to have any guilt when we go to bed. Yeah. Read the paper I wrote to you today. The, the, the point is we, we get into this contract lifestyle in our marriage and contract lifestyle in our relationship with God and each other. I come here and do what I do not because I'm paid. I do what I do because I covenant with God and I love the body of Christ. And I will do anything and everything I can to equip and help the body of Christ become everything that you are. You know that. I'm committed to you. But you know who's number one? That little lady right over there. Amen? Well, no. The church should be number one because it's God's church. That's God's woman. Amen? You got to see the spirit of covenant. All right, so what do you do if your marriage has been a contract? Well, the answer is, <laughs> here it is, it's deep, God. Let me explain. God came to a man named Abraham and said, I want to enter into a covenant with you. God said, I'm going to assume all your responsibilities. I will fulfill it. God said, I'm going to bless you. And Abraham said, okay, great deal for me. All right, 400 years later, Abraham's descendants rejected this and said, we don't want to be in covenant with you. We want a contract. We want a king. We want someone else. So Saul was appointed king. They said, we don't want a covenant. We want a contract. God said, okay, thou shalt not. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not. They couldn't fulfill the law. So Jesus came and in the spirit of covenant fulfilled the contract. Here's what happened when you got saved. You saw a covenant called the cross and you entered into a covenant with God. If you have a contract marriage, Fix it. I can't fix it. You fix it. And if someone left you and committed adultery and did all the different things, you can't fix them. Fix yourself. Relate with God. You're in covenant with God, 
and restore and have a breakthrough in relationships. And no longer set your relationships based on what you can do for me and the least that I can do so that I can say that I'm happy. How many of you know all in Hollywood, all these wonderful people in Hollywood that make millions of dollars and do all they have, they have their yachts and have everything, and they're not happy, happy, and they've been married five, six, seven, eight times. And they live with 150 different people, and they're not happy because they're living in a contract that is full of sin. And we idolize it. We idolize it. You bring the spirit of covenant into your marriage and your marriage will change. I want to tell you, you start doing it, you'll run into a wall. You'll run into that wall and that wall is your emotions. I've never done it this way. I don't like this. I feel uncomfortable. But the more you understand the relationship with God is the more you will understand God's heart towards your spouse. You bring that spirit of covenant into your marriage and your marriage will change. Lay down your rights and assume your responsibility as a husband or a wife. And I promise you, the breakthrough is you will always triumph over contract. Always will. Some of you are looking for a spouse. Awesome. That's a plan of God. Don't take this and say that I got a word from the Lord. And the first person you see in the grocery store, that's the man I'm going to marry. Don't take things to extreme. Take the truth as the truth. Young people, do you not know how special God has prepared that one for you? And as you are going to read that paper that I wrote to you, um, the way we date is wrong. And if you learn to do it with covenant thinking, that man or men, that woman, will come in the picture one day. But they will be someone that you will idolize. And they will be someone that has been prepared for you, that will idolize you. And then you will dive into marriage with wisdom and understanding of really what it means to live in a covenant marriage. Next week, I'm going to talk about that covenant marriage. I'm going to talk about the priority of taking up responsibility and what it will do for your marriage. How in the changes of taking up that responsibility, it will absolutely just bring such an explosion of an anointing of God over your home. And you will see great things. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord.